Our friend uh, Yael Osowski joins us uh, from the Consumer Choice uh, Radio uh, Program and the Consumer Choice Center, uh, as he does every Friday uh, to round out uh, the broadcast uh, week. Yael, uh, the other night, uh, I had this song queued up. uh, I don't know why uh, for you, uh, but I had this song queued up in my head uh, since uh, the other night I was... uh, Flipping through the TV between Die Hard and uh, Old School. Well, that was my uh, selection, uh, my movies of choice uh, the other night. Uh, and it was when Will Ferrell uh, takes the uh, uh, the dart to the jugular. Uh, and uh, he then uh, falls into the pool because he can't feel his neck and his body. And uh, Stifler then has to give him CPR. And he thinks he's uh, making out with his wife as he's dying. And no, it was uh, a man. It's a man, baby. And uh, this was the song playing in the background. And I, this is what inspired me this morning, Yael, to bring you into this music. Uh, the sound of silence, my friend. Well, it's going to be a pretty busy Saturday. You know, we're going to the Home Depot. Got to pick up some wallpaper. <laughs> um, so, yeah, one of the one of the great movies. Uh, I think it's a, it's a bit uh, doesn't get all the coverage that it deserves. I mean, Snoop a loop. Bring your green hat. I mean, come on. It's one of my most uh, favorite all-time Will Ferrell movies out there. Uh, those, uh, what was it, Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell, uh, the other guy, uh, they went through a little streak there of like uh, four or five films over four or five years that made them a whole boatload of money, huh, off of people like me. Oh, yeah, and I bet you that's over a decade ago, Joe, just to make you feel I a mean, little bit old I, yeah, on the radio. I wanna, yeah, I mean, I want to say even further than that, possibly. Uh, I think uh, those uh, group of actors, and then you've got, like, the Adam Sandler uh, umbrella of people that uh, you know made a lot of money off of uh, uh, stupid people like me uh, by uh, watching their movies over the course of, like you said, a four- or five-year period uh, about 15 or so years ago. And I think here's an interesting point, Joe. It, it relates to consumer choice. You know, those were the heydays, and you didn't have many viewing options, right? You either got the DVDs, the VHS, or you saw it in cinema. Nowadays, we're in this, like, prime golden age of movies and television that we're just inundated. You know, a lot of these big streaming companies are just putting out the movies. They're not even going to theaters. Nobody cares about the award ceremonies anymore. And you can find a show or a movie or a documentary on just about any topic. I think that's amazing. I love that that part of a of well, our modernity. Yeah, I like it until you know they nickel and dime you to death, uh, like Netflix and all the other streaming services that uh, you know my wife subscribes to without my knowledge until I see it pop up in the bank account, uh, you know, on a monthly basis. And even this morning, for instance, I'm trying to. Uh, watch uh, the Open Championship, uh, the British Open, because of the time difference. You know they're well underway when I'm getting to work at five o'clock in the morning, and uh, you know I'm I'm trying to find the stream for it, and it's on Peacock uh, TV, and they want five dollars uh, you know a month for, from me, and I get it, five bucks a month is nothing, but it's the only time you know I'm probably going to use Peacock uh, TV, and I can't even uh, you know watch uh, the golf match uh, you know on the computer as I did for free uh, m- many a times before. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a, a trend that we see, and you do see the, the cable cutters out there. I mean, my dad recently made this transition. He had you know, one of these large cable providers, and he cut the cord. Uh, and I don't know how he's going to survive because I, I didn't know if he'd be able to get the NASCAR races and other stuff. Uh, but actually, there are other services. YouTube TV, Sling is good, Hulu. There are these other ones, but it is true. The second that we have all these different subscriptions – at some point, there's got to be a market innovator that says, hey, there's got to be a way to bundle this stuff a lot better. Mm. Because, uh, I mean, I know there are some credit card companies that offer you, you know, like HBO 
Max. You know, you can get that subscription for free if you have a particular credit card. So I think the innovation will be coming to bundle these because you're totally right. It's not sustainable for one household to have Netflix and Disney and Hulu and HBO and all of that. Maybe we'll just continue splitting it up so that mm. uh, essentially we just share Netflix subscriptions on our block. Let me ask you, because, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of the old school guy. You know, I've never been to Amazon.com. I've never purchased something from Amazon, even though somehow an Amazon uh, you know, uh, uh, box shows up on my doorstep uh, you know, uh, about seven days a week uh, from, again, my wife. Can you – and I know it was a shock to you, I'm sure, when I told you that months ago, that I've never actually been even on the website, uh, Amazon.com, let alone purchased something from Amazon. Was that shocking to you? Uh, you know, it, it, I think it is, uh, particularly for, for people of our age who, you know, like to be consumers looking out for, for the prices. I know that you're a, you're a local business guy, Joe. You, you, well, you represent the brand. Uh, but I will tell you, maybe you haven't been to the website, but considering that half of all websites are run on Amazon servers, you've touched Amazon. Don't worry. It's gotten into your bed at some point. I've never been to Amazon.com or let alone purchased something from Amazon, and I stand by it. I put my word behind it. Uh, you know, you put your word behind something, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to mean something. Wow. Well, I guess you're <laughs> definitely not going into space uh, next week with Bezos. You're you're not invited on the rocket. I'm good. Not a not a, not a uh, you know a guy that uh, needs to fly all over the uh, well the galaxy. Yeah, I'm all right. I, I like where I'm at here in southeastern North Carolina for now. And uh, you know, a few folks are actually commenting on our you know movie critiques here this morning. They say bring back comedy. I mean, when's the last time you saw a funny original movie? I think the. Funniest movie I've seen in the last five years is probably Game Night. Uh, that's probably one of the best ones. It has um, Rachel McAdams is in it and uh, Jason, I forget his name. That was probably one of the more hilarious movies. But a lot of the stars in that movie all came from television. <laughs> so it was a lot of people from New Girl and all these other shows. Uh, but I tell you, it's hard to find them nowadays. I think uh, a lot of the talent when it comes to writing they've mostly moved over to a lot of the streaming services or to a lot of the serials a lot of shows so i think there's a lot more people there it's been hard in hollywood man mm. i know that uh, it's not just the pandemic it's just people's habits we don't necessarily go to the theater as much maybe we do need some more vip theater experiences I i've only done this one or two times you know where you have the recliner and the server mm -hmm. who comes to you and uh, at least in europe i can uh, <clears throat> you know order beer right to my table uh, don't think that's a possibility in North Carolina. Uh, there are some uh, restaurant or, or movie theaters that uh, you know offer. They don't have the the service, maybe, uh, but you can uh, you know uh, pop open a pint and uh, you know enjoy uh, a glass of wine while you're watching your movie. I somehow, some way, every time I go to a movie, I end up falling asleep. Uh, so I'm not one that necessarily uh, is going to spend uh, twenty five dollars on a movie and then ultimately I just sleep through it all, uh, no matter how exciting or boring it is. Uh, sometime, some way, uh, once those lights go down. My eyes just uh, shut themselves uh, for some odd reason. Well, that's that's hashtag dad life, Joe. But I'm, I to tell you, if you were to get on that rocket, Blue Origin with Jeff <laughs> Bezos, you'd be paying attention to whatever they got on the screen. Well, my whole thing there, you know, like the old school dad life uh, sort of life uh, that I'm living these days. Uh, you know, I'm trying to navigate because uh, my friends, family members, uh, they've all cut the ties with uh, cable companies, uh, and uh, they've gone to you know Roku is their most favorite uh, way of life. Uh, and uh, when I go to their house and I'm flipping through their TV, it takes me like an hour to figure out how to get through all the different applications to get to like spectrum so i can watch it you know the ball game well there are some <laughs> hacks but i would say the culprit there is is actually a lot of the sports leagues 
they're the absolute worst when it comes to all these contracts and to finding out how you can get stuff. There are other sports that do it really well. F1 is pretty good. I think NFL has its own network. But a lot of times, you know, you have the TV executives. They sign these exclusive deals. So I can't watch a NASCAR race if I'm outside the country because I don't have, you know, the cable subscription to Spectrum or whatever the local channel is. We need to have a lot more innovation there. I mean, there's your money to be made. You can find a way to get all live sports streamed for some one easy service. You'd have hundreds of millions of people subscribing to that, no doubt. Yael Osowski with the Consumer Choice Center with us here this morning. Consumer Choice Radio airs uh, 10 o'clock uh, Saturday mornings uh, here on the Big Talker FM. Yael, somehow, some way, you know, as this uh, local entity, this small independently owned operation, we seem to be ahead of the curve on a lot of different things in that we talk about something and all of a sudden, you know, it's uh, plastered all over the national news. And in some cases, months after, you know, we highlight something. For this example, uh, last week, in fact, you and I were talking about this uh, racket uh, that is known as uh, the dental insurance uh, uh, business. And then all of a sudden, look at this. Uh, well, there's an article written by one Yael Osowski in the Boston Herald telling uh, Bostonians uh, all up in New England uh, that the dental insurance industry badly needs reform. We are so far ahead of the curve. I mean, I'm just touting our horn uh, on this Friday for all uh, folks to listen here this morning that we are always ahead, which is why you should be tuned in to us each morning rather than some of the other networks and publications that you may consume. I agree with that totally. <laughs> and, you know, for this this broader point about the dental insurance, and you can apply this to health insurance too, insurance, the whole idea of getting it, it's like flood insurance. It's there in an emergency when you need it because there's something colossal that will happen. It's not every day that you get hit by a car, but if you have the insurance, then that's great. It's not every day that you have a dental emergency, uh, but you have the insurance to cover it. The problem is that we've used insurance to pay for absolutely everything, and it's made all of our systems incredibly expensive. They're not transparent, and really no one knows who pays. It's always a battle you know, at dental offices to figure this out, and you don't want to get the x-ray because you don't know if the insurance will cover it. You don't want to get this filling because you don't know if the insurance will cover it. And the problem is made worse for dental care because it's something like 90% of all dental care is actually handled by people's employers, which I find, frankly, ridiculous. I didn't know that my employer knew more about dental insurance than me, uh, but I guess that's just kind of the status quo. And the kind of alternative I'm proposing is something similar to this direct primary care, the idea that you have a subscription to a doctor's office, you pay cash, there's no insurance, all the prices are transparent, you know what they are, and it's simple as that. We Unfortunately, there are a lot of regulations and rules that prevent that from happening, there's a lot of insurance companies that have a lot of money, and they have continuously lobbied various state legislators and the federal government to make it harder and harder to do so, so that people can get out of that. And that's why we need you know, reforms, both large-level thinking down the road of let's get away from insurance as a way to pay for everything and use it more for emergency. We don't use car insurance to pay for you know, our car wipers or our tire changes, or our oil changes. It's for catastrophic incidents, accidents, and these kind of things. And I think we need to have that same attitude in mind when it comes to our health insurance, because it's all about risk. And the further away that we've gone from that, I think really consumers have been soaked, they've been hosed, and all of the different bills that you're getting to your door or the amount of money that your employer is putting in for you, you don't always see that, but it's definitely going to impact you. And that's why we need a lot more competition, 
traditional insurance. We need a lot more financial transparency. I think that'll just empower consumers a lot more. It's not something a lot of people think about, you know, but everybody has had a bill that they fussed over with insurance companies at the end of the day. And I think this speaks to that heart of that problem. And it's in your belief that, you know, obviously one that advocates for more choice in that, uh, you know, we can maybe work around uh, these industries and maybe work directly, say, with your dentist uh, rather than have to uh, deal uh, with uh, the insurance agency and the one that maybe doesn't answer your call or then uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, multiple uh, repeat bills uh, turn up, uh, you know, at your doorstep in in the mailbox you're looking at this uh, similarly the way to you look uh, like uh, folks should be consuming health care and the way they uh, treat themselves uh, with doctors through direct primary care, that this is a way that you believe the dental industry should move into. Oh, indeed. And I think separating it from the large dental insurance market and industry is a, you know, a first step. And I think this is what is so great about many parts of our market is that people can be empowered and do so. I think there's just not enough education. I mean, there surely isn't with health care. Most of the time, your employer healthcare, you might think it's great and it's golden, but it might actually be garbage. But people don't necessarily compare them to the options that they might have, things like direct primary care. I think that's really unfortunate. There are a lot more direct-to-consumer options that are coming. I mean, isn't it crazy that if we look at all the measures of cost and inflation in the past 30 or 40 years, it's always places where government has larger control, things like education, things like healthcare, where things have been skyrocketing. I think the insurance industry, the rules that actually favor them, I think that's a growing problem. It has nothing to do with proposing you know, a one single payer system like Bernie Sanders and others would like, because uh, that's obviously failed in a place like Cuba, but it's actually about introducing more competition, more choice, and allowing entrepreneurs to solve these problems rather than hoping that our government uh, will do so in our stead. You mentioned something that kind of caught my attention and that there's a, sort of an educational informational gap out there as far as some of the, you know, uh, options that are out there for consumers. But, you know, I guess one could argue that it seems as if the American people in that how spoiled we are and lazy that we've become, we'd rather have, you know, our employers decide, you know, which sort of health insurance we should have. It seems as if we have no problem, or at least a good portion of our society at this point has no problem putting these sorts of decisions in the hands of others rather than doing the due diligence and making uh, you know, life sort of, uh, you know, observations and decisions ultimately that will impact you rather than having that in the home, they'd rather, you know, pass that along to somebody else. That's kind of, uh, that kind of scares me when that mindset has taken over the thoughts of millions across our country. And I'll, I'll be polemic for a second here. If we look at Americans specifically and the way that our taxes work and the way that our system works and the amount of disposable income, Americans are the richest people in the world. And the state takes a much smaller chunk of your paycheck than it does in many other countries in Europe. And I think with that, there's an implicit trust that doesn't exist in these other countries because they don't believe that individuals can actually afford to find the right services and goods that they need. The government needs to redistribute them. An example that I know here in Austria and in, <laughs> in Europe, they actually have, they get paid monthly, but they get paid 14 months out of the year. Because what they do is they split up the payments and they make sure that you have a big check at summertime to pay for those vacations and then a big check in the wintertime to pay for Christmas presents. You're not getting paid anymore, 
but you just take your annual salary and cut it into 14 instead of 12 hmm. or however we do it in the U.S. That's the Christmas money or the summer money. The government did that because they said, well, the people aren't smart enough to save for vacations or presents. It's up to us as the government to mandate that employers break up the payments to make sure that the lowly people can actually have some money rather than deciding for themselves. I'm happy we don't have that system in the U.S. We are the best arbiters of what is the best for our families and for ourselves, and I think we just have to carry that over with many other decisions in our own lives, and I think that will do us much better. Well, I think when you lay it out like that, uh, for those that maybe feel, uh, well, heck, uh, what you just laid out there is a pretty good idea. You know, I think uh, that would resonate with uh, some people that uh, the employer and the government knows more than you do. It uh, doesn't make much sense to me. You know, my hard-earned income, let me utilize that, that money the way in which I please. Uh, as somebody who tries to be you know, responsible in the fiscal situation that uh, our family is in. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, again, concerning that uh, those sorts of thoughts uh, you know, resonate with a lot of people in this country. I think so. And it's it's something very different from how things work in other countries. And it does set Americans apart. And it's that more individualistic model that has led to so much success. You know, we always heard about the 99% versus the 1%. If you were born in this country or you've moved to this country and you have a passport, you are in the global 1%. Mm. You are one of the richest people that has ever lived. And you have all these opportunities right in front of you. We don't have to jigger all of our, you know, political systems to try to advantage people certain more based upon uh, their race, their language, their creed, whatever it might be, we have the greatest opportunities in front of us. Many times we are held back, but that's often because the government is in the way. There are too many regulations. You need a permit for this and that. There are too many rules on this. You can't get a zoning license. There's all these small things that always hurt us. We always want to try to blame you know, another political party. But most of the time, this stuff is local. It's right there in your city council. It's at the school board. That's why it's great that you have these people on your show to present those alternative ideas and really show that people can make a difference. They don't just have to sit down and take it. In this country, we actually have the ability to change things. Some good perspective this morning here from uh, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice, uh, Yael Lasowski and the Consumer Choice Center. Uh, Yael, uh, Maxine Waters and the Democrats want to nationalize credit scores. Uh, what does that even mean? Oh, well, there's a proposal that's being uh, discussed there in D.C. Uh, in our own North Carolinian congressman, Patrick McHenry, he's also on this committee. We'll see how he thinks about it. But normally you have your three big credit score companies. Everyone knows Experian, you got TransUnion, uh, Equifax. These are the big ones. Whenever you get your credit score or you're applying for a new credit card or you're trying to get a job or you're trying to get an apartment – these are the things that are calculated, and they look at your payments over time, the contracts that you've had, if you've been late for payments, uh, all of this kind of stuff. And that's all in the private market. It's a private configuration. It's something that is calculated based upon that information. Well, what they're proposing up in D.C., particularly the Democratic Party, is they want to nationalize that, make it so it's a federal government credit score, so it's mm. the government who will be deciding what your credit rating is. Now <laughs> – my, many people might think this is great, but it's going to get abused fairly easy. We don't have to just think about what's happening with the IRS being weaponized and going after small business owners. We don't just have to think about how various people are discriminated against by different government programs. We just have to think about the government has more power 
than a Microsoft. It has more power than an Equifax. Governments can actually mess with your life, putting your name on some list, coming after you with audits. There's a lot of power the government has. I don't feel comfortable at all going down the road where they're going to be determining if I'm credit worthy, because if we know from places like China and Vietnam and various communist countries, they have credit course, uh, credit score systems set up by the government and has everything to do with your social credit. Mm. Do you have an opinion that's bad? <laughs> Did you like a bad Facebook post? Well, then you're put on the list. I'm afraid that could be where we're going. Uh, we're going to try to fight this. Anyone else who is interested in that, go to our website because uh, I think we'll, we'll have something coming out very soon on it. That's ConsumerChoiceCenter.org. And again, as you mentioned, uh, the China social credit system <laughs> rates individuals based on all sorts of uh, data that they analyze. And in large part, I would think at the top of that list is criticisms of their communist uh, government. Uh, probably really uh, levies heavy on the uh, determination of your social credit score in a place like China. And to think uh, that we, and there are some people that want to take uh, us into that direction, uh, should scare the hell out of you. Uh, Yael, when we wrap up here this morning, speaking of, uh, you know, communism and what we've seen in Cuba, it's amazing to me, you know, how the Biden administration in one breath finally denouncing Cuba uh, yesterday and their communist rule, and in the other uh, telling us that, that they're working with Facebook to censor certain viewpoints. Uh, it just doesn't add up. It seems like their wires are crossed, uh, given that the White House press secretary took those two different distinct angles yesterday. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a that's a real big pie that they're biting into there. It, it does say something, and I think I very much support a lot of the protests that are happening in Cuba. Having been to Cuba, having seen the poverty, having seen just on every street corner, you know, the, the police, the government posters, the propaganda, all of this has kept the people down. And it's all great that uh, Joe Biden's administration is all in favor, but if they turn around the next day and say that they're recommending posts to censor on various social media platforms— I mean, it's everything that we've been that we've been warning about, Joe. It's exactly why you don't want to give more power to governmental institutions to oversee social media, because all of you with bad opinions, you know, whatever that might be, everyone's got one bad opinion, right? All <laughs> of you with bad opinions are going to get voted down. You're going to have a bad social credit score. You won't be able to apply for that job. You won't be able to travel. You won't be able to get that house. That's mm. not what our system was designed for. And I think it's very troubling. Uh, hopefully there'll be a lot more criticism of that. And, and hopefully a lot of these platforms will not comply. Because mm. uh, I tell you, if I was CEO of you know Social Media Inc., I surely would not listen to the government if they recommended me people to censor. Rather, I'd be censoring their pages. ConsumerChoiceCenter.org, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. You can hear Yael Osowski and his tag team partner, David Clement, tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock on the Consumer Choice Radio Show. Yeah, yeah, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I hope you enjoy the weekend as much as we're going to here on the beach. Oh, God, I love it. I'm just going to the, the mountains of the Republic of Georgia, so uh, n not much comparison. Well, enjoy, <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week at this time. Thank you very much, Joe. All the best. Great to have Yael Osowski as a friend of the program, friend of uh, the family. He's uh, one of us at the Global Grassroots Movement for Consumer Choice.